Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast, where speed's the name of the game. Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on writing fast, writing often, and writing well, so you can do the same. Here's Ryan. This is Ryan, your prolific writer podcast host. Really glad that you're here. It is getting close to Christmas and I'm excited. I hope you're excited too. I hope that you are taking advantage this time of year to buy your writerly friends, your bookish friends, gifts that relate to writerly things and bookish things. Buy them lots of books, buy them lots of stories, buy them things that help them write better, faster, and often and well, and that's what this podcast is all about, how to write fast, how to write often, how to write well. And we don't think those are contradictory terms. So however, however you found us, glad you're here and uh, have a, a fun episode. I wanted to get an episode in before the holiday, because I know when the holiday comes, uh, I know I get very busy and a lot of family and friends and a lot of good things going on. And uh, I know you get busy too, so you're probably not just sitting around listening to a podcast. As much as you would love to sit around and listen to this podcast, you need a break. And I need a break. We all need a break. Can we take a break? It's not you, it's me. Yes. It doesn't get much better than that, folks. It doesn't get much better than that. But I have a good, uh, good episode uh, today. I was just thinking about some of the writers I think are influential, especially in the last you know, 20, 30, 40 years. Uh, one of the, the writers, when I think about prolific writing and writing fast, writing often, writing well, is the immortal Stephen King. And regardless if you like his books or read his books or maybe you don't care, um, he's a, a very prolific writer. And uh, for a guy who is traditionally published and um, has written just tons and tons of books, he writes really fast, multiple books a year. And, and that's actually not common for commercial type writers um, because 
uh, a lot of times they use pen names because they can't, they write so fast that their publishers can't get their works out fast enough. And so, um, Stephen King is a great example of that. Someone who's written hundreds and hundreds of short stories. Um, I think he's on maybe close to 70 novels now and, uh, been doing it for 30, 35 years, maybe 40 now. Um, and just very prolific and, and he, yet he's also written a lot of books on, uh, writing. I should say a lot of books, but he's written a book on writing, which is probably one of the best writing books there is in the last 20 years, written tons of articles as well. And, uh, and so tonight what I wanted to do, or might not be tonight for you, maybe first thing in the morning, whenever you listen to this, that's the beauty of the podcast. But, but tonight, um, it's night where I am. I wanted to share a, uh, article, um, from the Atlantic, uh, that gives 20 tips from Stephen King on how to be prolific and how to be a good writer and how to write fast, write often and write well. And as you notice, uh, some of these episodes, uh, are taken from different articles and different things I've read. And, and that's, a, that's on purpose. That's not because I don't have anything good to say. Uh, but I read a lot and, uh, and I research a lot and I, I think about this stuff a lot. Um, and it's not that you can't go and read this article and, and say, okay, I got it. Uh, but I, I like to also give my own te- spin on it. I like to give my own thoughts on that and just from my own experience. And, and yet my experience isn't Stephen King experience and vice versa. And I'm not comparing myself to him either. And neither should you, you need to be your, be your own writer. Um, but I think there's always good things to take away from, uh, writing and writing advice and things like that. But I think these, um, specific 20 things are very, um, advantageous when we think about writing prolifically and writing often. Um, and also just as you think about editing your work and rewriting and things like that, I think that all applies to it. So I, I just want to share a few of these. I'll put some of this in the, in the show notes. You can check out the article as well. I mean, they don't flesh out much here. So, um, so I'll give my, my little take, but, but here, here's a couple of them. There's, there's about 20 and I'll, I'll keep it brief tonight and hopefully you enjoy this. But, um, the first one is first write for yourself and then worry about the audience, write for yourself and then worry about the audience. That's really good advice. Um, is that first draft is, is for you. It's that story you have to tell. Uh, is it a literary story? Is it a nonfiction book? Is it a scary story? Is it uh, a powerful story? Is it, it a, is it a story that you need to write for the healing of your own soul? Uh, you just have to get it out. And, and that's really uh, one of the ways to be prolific is you got to just get it out and you got to write for yourself. You'll hear that theme on this podcast often. I will talk about it till I'm dead and gone is the first person and really the only person that matters is yourself. Um, and that's not to be a selfish navel gazing type of thing. Um, but you won't write if you don't love what you're writing or don't feel like you have something to say is you can't be thinking about money and fame and the audience. You got to write for yourself first and not worry about the audience. And, and, and the audiences are, are, are nebulous or subjective. We don't always know who the audience is. Um, when you're, you're finding your audience or finding the people that, that like your work, um, if you just have people in your head or, or I want to impress this person, or I want to sound smart, or I want to sound intellectual, uh, it's not a good way to write fast and often and well, it's going to be very disappointing because you're always thinking about that person in your head. And, um, so write for yourself. It's more enjoyable that way. Secondly, great advice here. Don't use passive voice. Timid writers like passive verbs for the same reason that timid lovers like passive partners. It says so passive voice. What is that? Uh, A lot of was words, be words. Um, It's that 
um, rather than, than writing directly, um, th those verbs that are direct verbs that give it punch, um, is those, those was ver words. And oftentimes they're just passive, excuse me, they're just filler words. And when I, I, I find often when I edit my, my work and, and other people edit it, it's, it's, uh, th there's those passive verbs that come in. So rather than saying something, uh, directly, you say it passively. Uh, so John was going to the store instead of John went to the store um, or, uh, you know, it could take on different forms. John took the peanut butter and walked slowly to so-and-so or took the peanut butter, and walked slowly across uh, the room. Um, and so, you know, there's there's different ways to write that more directly. John took the peanut butter, period. Um, you know, don't have to add all those extra words. So it's, it's really about writing directly and writing powerfully, um, and not having those, those filler words, especially those was words. Um, be careful. Those was words and be words and being words. Third, avoid adverbs. The adverb is not your friend. So the Lee words, the L Y words, be careful of those. Uh, it adds often an adjective, uh, when you're trying to describe something. Um, I find myself when I look at my work, one of the things that pop out are those adverbs and they, they just jump in there. Uh, so, and instead of he sat on the chair, he sat gently on the chair. Um, he chewed gently or gently chewed his food instead of he chewed his food. Um, those kinds of things. Um, those are adverbs, those L-Y words. Now, it's not always bad to have those. You just want to use them sparingly, and you don't want to overuse them. Um, I know in Stephen King's book on writing, he, he talks about that a lot, those those adverbs. Um, and, and another one, this is a four, is also avoid the adverbs, uh, especially after he said and she said. Um, so, you know, he said convincingly, uh, he said shrewdly, he said lovingly, she said lovingly, whatever it is. Um, again, a lot of times it's just not necessary. Um, and, and one of the things you want to do when you're, you're writing something is also you, you don't want to, um, I don't know how to say this, but you don't want to make the reader come off as a moron. Is that too harsh? In other words, people that read your stuff, they're smart people they're reading your book, they can read, um, is you also want them to have an imagination when you, uh, share your story uh, and whatever that, whether it's fiction or nonfiction is let them decide what that looks like or what that response is. It's, it's kind of that over, um, new writers, novice writers, they, they give so much detail, usually unnecessary detail. It, it, you also have to give the reader space to kind of dream up their own world as they read the page and as they see it. Um, so be careful of those, those adverbs, especially after he said, and she said, number five, don't obsess over perfect grammar. Another good one. Uh, perfect grammar is probably one of the ways that slows you down more than anything. And I think one of the, the rookie mistakes, one of the novice mistakes, and I, and I say this wholeheartedly and honestly is one I made early was I was obsessed with the grammar. Uh, and what I mean by that is, is having perfect sense, sentence structure, um, fearful that I'd forgotten what good grammar was from my English classes and in, in college and high school, things like that. Um, and, and grammar is important. Um, 
you don't want your grammar to get in the way. Um, but especially if you're writing fiction is perfect grammar doesn't make good writing. Telling a good story makes good writing. Uh, and I would say that most fiction, good fiction is not grammatically correct because if it was grammatically correct, it's, it sounds very wooden and it sounds very awful. Uh, in other words, it's not the way that people talk. So if I'm, I'm going to tell us, tell a story, um, I'm going to use a lot of contractions in my, my sentences and I'm not going to, I'm going to use half sentences and I'm going to start word start sentences with just and, but, and, and, but see, those are the things that you're told in English class. That was a no, no. Right. But there's something about, even when you read nonfiction, when it's written in a conversational tone, um, it draws you in because that's the way people talk. Um, and so don't get hung up on the grammar. And again, because the grammar is not what makes it good writing. It's telling a good story, which makes good writing. I've seen some awful grammar, awful, you know, sentence structure, but if it's a good story, it keeps you and it hooks you. So don't obsess over that because as you obsess over that, what's going to happen is just going to slow you down. You're going to look at every sentence and say, oh, that's just not perfect. Oh, that that's just wrong or, 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 or not put together right. And, and the verb is in the wrong place or the nouns in the wrong place. Now you'll get better over time. It, um, it, it'll just come out more naturally. But don't get hung up on and obsess over perfect grammar. And next time you're reading a book, a fiction book especially, is look at the sentences and you'll, you'll find all kinds. Make a note and you'll say, oh, that's not, my English teacher said that was a no-no, all right? Uh, you'll see it all over the place. Six, the magic is in you. I'm convinced that fear is at the root of most bad writing. The magic is in you. Again, this kind of comes back to the audience. Who's going to read this? What if they think it's terrible? What if things just go horribly wrong? Which it could. But the reality is the magic is you. And the magic is you because it's your voice. It's your perspective. It's your angle. It's your way of telling the story. Not everyone tells the same story. Now, here's the reality is that there are no new stories. Right. I mean, go, go and look at different genres, go look at sci-fi, go look at suspense, mystery, horror, nonfiction. There's really not anything new under the sun. Um, nobody's coming up with anything that's grandiose and new. They're just telling the same kinds of stories, just in different ways. Right. It, it could be a story about a kidnapping. It could be a, a story about a murder. It could be a, a, a story, a ghost story. It could be a nonfiction book. I've written a lot of spiritual titles and, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying anything new. I'm just saying it in a new way with a new angle, a new spin, a new emphasis. Um, you know, books I've written there, there's nothing that's new there. It's just, again, new characters, new setting, putting them in a new, new setting and, and giving them a, a different problem and, and letting them go. Um, and so the magic's in you. And I think that when there's a, that this fear that sets in, we write slowly. We, we don't write the stories we need to write and we don't share what we need to share. I think it even comes back to obsessing over grammar. What if people think I'm not a good storyteller because my grammar stinks? I don't think that's the issue. I think it's fear. So the magic's in you. That's six, seven, read, read, read. Uh, one of the things that Stephen King talks about often is if you want to be a writer, you got to write a lot. And you got to read a lot. Now that sounds very obvious, but I am absolutely convinced that a lot of writers, especially newbie writers, and especially those that want to write more than they do, don't read enough. 
and I'm not talking just blog posts and, and Twitter feeds and Facebook stuff. I'm talking about reading all kinds of stuff, reading fiction, reading different kinds of fiction, reading, um, nonfiction, reading biography, reading history. You have to read a lot. If you don't have time to read, you don't have time to write. And I know there's different debates on, on reading, you know, do I read while I'm working on a project? Does it mess me up? Do I start sounding like the person I'm um, reading? I, I've really not, never had this problem. I, I, I don't think it's really a problem. I think once you kind of find your voice, it won't be an issue. But read a lot. And, and don't just read just to study and research, but but also read to do enjoy. Enjoy the stories. Enjoy what's being said. Um, and, and today there's no excuse for not reading a lot. Uh, one of the things I've discovered lately is at the local library, there's a, a new app called Overdrive. And I think most public libraries have it set up this way where they do ebooks now. And so with Overdrive, you can actually check out ebooks on your phone. Um, and a lot of times they even have audiobooks. I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks uh, through Overdrive, and it's free because audiobooks are expensive. And uh, sometimes I don't want to spend that kind of money. Uh, but you know, if you want an audiobook, go buy my audiobooks though, because my kids will thank you, and their college professors one day will thank you, and uh, mommy and daddy will thank you. Uh, but but the reality is, you need to read, 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 and read all kinds of stuff. And, and this has been been a journey for me too. Is is that I got hung up on certain kinds of reading, only reading nonfiction, only reading fiction, but but mixing it up, reading stuff that's out of my comfort zone, reading stuff that stretches me. Uh, but read, read, read. You'll become a better writer. It's amazing. Just you get story in your head and you just be able to, to write better and, um, and pick that up. Seven, read, read, read. Eight, don't worry about making other people happy. Good one. If you intend to write as truthfully as you can, your days as a member of polite society are numbered anyway. Don't write to make people happy. Make yourself happy by writing. Um, because here's the thing. Uh, I don't understand books sometimes. They baffle me. Um, and, and here's why a couple of reasons. Let me, let me get personal as one is I've had people give me very bad reviews on some of my stuff that I've written. Um, and, and one it's apparently they didn't actually read the book cause their comments are ridiculous. And that's usually why I don't read reviews very often. Cause they're not usually not that constructive and very helpful. Um, I've actually had reviews that say, you know, it wasn't shipped on time. And so they gave me a bad review, which is not my problem. But anyway, um, I think reading is very subjective. Um, and so when you, when you write, I, I said, reading, right. Is writing is very subjective or I should say books are very subjective. Um, and yes, there's, there's tons of bad books out there. There's horrible things, but there's also amazing that there, how there's horrible books and yet people still devour them and, and read them. Uh, 50 shades of, of gray is that what it's called? Um, you know, millions and millions of copies as a book, it's horribly written. It's, it's terrible. Um, but yet there was a audience and people went nuts and, and, bought millions and millions of copies. Um, so you can't worry about making other people happy. And, and here's the other thing is you're going to make people upset for whatever reason. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an example is I, I sent off a, a, a book, a manuscript to an editor, and um, I had some um, things on Native uh, American culture and Indians and, and, and things, um, you know, set a long time ago and um, not you know, 1800s, but, but said a while back and the emphasis of the story is not on Indian culture or native American culture. And I, and I tried to write it very sensitively. I didn't want to offend anybody. And, um, but it was part of a plot part, uh, point in the, the story. It's a fiction book. I mean, again, it's not real, but, um, 
but it was just drawing on some, some of that. And they just were very offended that I would actually, um, you know, talk about those things and, and make light of those things. And I wasn't making light of those things if they actually read it, but, um, but, but again, you're not going to make everybody happy. And some people just aren't going to like what you have to say, and you're not going to say it in the way they want to. And, and it could be very frustrating. Um, and I think frustrating because you're either being misunderstood or you're just simply feeling like I have to defend myself. Um, and again, we're not talking about hurting people. We're not talking about demeaning people. Um, but, but again, it's so subjective in books. It's, you know, people love one thing and hate the other thing. And, and who knows why it, some of it's just taste. Some of it's just had a bad day. I'm not sure. Um, but, but don't, don't write to make other people happy. And if you do, again, I think you'll write slowly. And I don't think you'll write the things that you want to write. And I don't think you'll write very honest nine, turn off the TV while you're working out or anywhere else. Really it's about the last thing an inspiring writer needs. Um, Stephen King's big on that. I think he write, watches more TV now, but, um, I, I can go back and forth on this. Um, I, I think TV again can be an excuse to not write, um, and to work on those projects that are important and, uh, that you need to get, get after, um, but, but don't let TV just be a way to kind of escape, um, or I shouldn't say escape, but, but to escape and not do the writing. Um, I, I think TV, you can learn a lot through TV. You can learn a lot from story and there's a lot of great story. Actually, TV is getting a lot better um, these days, a lot, a lot better stuff. I think out there, um, doesn't mean it's always healthy and good for your mind and your heart, but, um, uh, but there are a lot of good stories, a lot of, um, you know, well-written stories. And so, so again, TV, I would also add social media into that. Um, you want to write fast enough and social media is such a time suck and a waste of time. Um, I I'm becoming less and less excited about social media. Um, I think there's just ways to get around it and I don't think it's as important as people say it is. Um, and so, uh, just be careful of those things, turn off the TV, social media, internet, etc. 10, you have three months, the first draft of a book, even a long one, should take no more than three months, the length of a season. I love that advice. Stephen King is known for writing very fast first drafts. Um, and you may say three months isn't fast for a prolific writer, but if you've read some of his books, you know they're very, very long. Um, they can be a 1,000 pages, so that's that's booking it. Um, I've heard that he, he writes about 2,000 words a day uh, religiously, and um and sits down, puts his butt in the chair, hardly takes any days off, um, and just writes 2000 words. I think it's like 10 pages a day. Um, and just does that every day. And in three months, you got a, a massive, uh, manuscript. I mean, one month, 30 days in a, in a month, 2000 words a day, do the math. What is that? 50,000 words. Um, or that's more, isn't it? Uh, two times. Yeah. 32. Okay. You're making me do math here. 60,000 words. Yeah. I think it's 60,000, um, a month times that by three, you got 180,000 words. That's a massive size book novel. Uh, most of us won't write that that long unless you're doing fantasy or something. But, um, but, but again, you have three months now here's where I like this. And I think this is important about writing fast is, and I, you'll hear me talk about this a lot is don't let the story get cold. See, when you hear people talk about, well, I took seven years and 18 years to write this novel, I know it can be done. Um, but I, I know a, a guy, uh, maybe, you know, Johnny B. Truant, um, I don't know him, know him, but, but, uh, acquaintance, um, is, 
uh, he's, he's with the self-publishing podcast and, and he tells a story about the first book he ever finished and the first book he wrote. Well, it, it took him 10 years to, to get this draft and then he rewrote it, but he rewrote it really, really fast. And so, yeah, 10 years to kind of get this mess together, but then he finally finished it in a very short period of time. You see the, see the difference is he let the story get so cold that he didn't know where it was going, what it was about. And, and that's the problem is if you don't write those first drafts in a shorter period of time, and it might be three months, maybe six months, that still can be a good um, length of time is you forget what it's about. You, you, you kind of, you detach yourself from the story and it's hard to get back into it. Sometimes it, if you're too far away from a story, it might be just better to just walk away from it and start fresh. Um, so you have three months deadline. Stephen King says, so listen to him. 11. There are two secrets to success. I love this. I stayed physically healthy and I stayed married. Uh, beautiful. Uh, he writes about this often. People say, what's the success of your career? And, and he's actually had a pretty healthy uh, life. Um, sounds like he has a, a very loving wife and they have a great relationship and they have happy kids and, and, um, and, a, and a good marriage. And he stayed physically fit. Um, I think he walks every day. I don't think he's like a bodybuilder or anything. Um, but, but again, writing is a very sedentary life. Um, is that the word sedentary? I think so. Um, it, you know, you sit a lot and so you need to get up, move around. Um, but, but there's more to that. It's not just, I hear a lot of advice, you know, you gotta, you know, have a stand up desk and all that. And I, th I think that can be important and, and could be useful. Uh, I've done both, but, but it's about a healthy life overall. Um, you know, the idea of being a drunk or the idea of being a drug addict and just living this kind of artsy fartsy life and shooting heroin in your eyeballs. I, I don't think that's what the, the artist's life and the creative life is about. I think it's having healthy family, having healthy relationships, not being a hermit, um, enjoying people, enjoying food, enjoying life, um, and, and, and enjoying all that God's given us and bless us with. Um, and so that, again, being a, being a writer, it's, it's not just about books. It's not just about, um, fame or having things, but it's, it's about having a, a overall healthy, um, lifestyle. I just read a, <clears throat> I read a, interview about from Jack Ketchum. And he was talking about how, you know, if books and writing is your only thing, um, that's not a very healthy life. And they, they, he was, they were just asking him, well, you know, what do you do for fun? And he says, Hey, I got a lot of, a lot of great family and friends and spend time with people and have conversations. And I do other things. I, I don't just sit around and write all the time. It's not just the only thing I do or the only thing I am. And so that's a very, very healthy perspective. So there are two secrets, stay healthy physically, stay married. If you're married, it's a good thing. 12, write one word at a time, one word at a time, whether it's a vignette of a single page or an epic trilogy, like the Lord of the Rings, the work is always accomplished one word at a time. Pretty simple, right? And that's very, very true. We're always looking for this magic, uh, this it's so far away. I think sometimes when we listen to podcasts or we read books and we hear about all the works that people have written and we go, man, I just want to be done. I want to finish this thing, whatever this thing I'm making, but it really is. It's just a simple principle of life is one word at a time, one foot after the other. That's all you can do. Um, and, and I found too, that the work that I've done, um, not that I've written 50 novels, um, but you know, produced quite a bit of stuff. I mean, I think I'm closing on 12 published works, 12 works done full length stuff. Uh, I mean, but you know, blog posts and articles and, and other stuff I've written, um, stuff I've never finished. Um, it's really just one word at a time. That's all you can do. And, and it's amazing how those words pile up over time. 
we think we're not making progress, but just word after word after word. And the next thing you know, you go, whoa, I have a whole novel here. Um, it might be a mess. It may need some work. I have a book, but it's, it's there, right? Uh, so one word at a time, 12, 13, eliminate distraction. There's should be no telephone in your writing room. Certainly no TV video games for you to fool around with eliminate distraction. Um, when, when King talks about that in his book, I know he's actually talking about his writing corner, his writing space, whatever it is. Um, and that's very good, good advice. I think that's obvious, but, but again, things are just too easily distractible. Is that even a word? I don't know. Probably not. Our lives are too easy, easily distractible. Uh, the click of a phone, um, the, the click of a mouse, the click of a, a remote control to turn on the TV. Um, those things can just lead us down away from the actual writing and doing the work. So you have to discover what, what, what's, what are those distractions and there's apps and software. You can shut off your internet. You can shut off your social media. There's no excuses, but when you have that sacred time, whether it's 15 minutes, 30 minutes, three hours to write, um, turn off those distractions, uh, the best that you can. And sometimes it's even relational distractions. I know that sounds cold and harsh, but you know, maybe you need to shut that door and need to go right somewhere else because you know, family or friends, I have young, a young family. And so for me, I, I got to find space where, you know, I don't have kids crawling on me and yelling at me and daddy, I need more water or juice, whatever. Um, but, uh, but, but finding a distraction free area is, is so important and that's going to look uh, different for everybody. So 13, eliminate distraction. 14, stick to your own style. One cannot imitate a writer's approach to a particular genre, no matter how simple what that writer is doing may seem. Just It's about finding your own voice. Um, it's not about imitation. It's not trying to be anybody, but just the, the purest, the truest voice that comes out of you. And, and I think you'll find that after you've done it a lot. Um, that's not going to happen in the first month, first year, first couple of years. It's going to ha- take many years to kind of find your own style, your own voice and how that looks. And that's what's so cool about books. As I said earlier, books are so subjective. Um, we can't figure out why some work and some don't. But again, I think it has to do with the voice. Just Some write very clean, short sentences. I've been le- reading a lot of Blake Crouch lately, if you ever read him. Um, he doesn't doesn't spend a lot of time on detail, but he but the way he does it, he just packs it in like a sentence or two. Um, but, but again, not these long expository type type, um, you know, um, details. And so, so very cool on that, that score on that front. Um, but, but again, everybody just writes differently. And so, um, so stick to your own style, develop that. Don't be ashamed of it. You are who you are. 15 dig. Stories are relics, part of the undiscovering pre-existing world. The writer's job is to use the tools and here's a toolbox to get as much of it out of the ground and act as possible. Dig is a, is a way that, that King talks about. He's not a, he's not an outliner. He's a pantser. Um, purely. He says he's only outlined one book in his whole life. Um, I think it was bone collector. Is that a book? I think it is, uh, one of them. But anyway, he talks about in his book and how he said it was his worst book. Cause he just tried to outline it way too much. Um, I think he has. Uh, ideas in his head. I think he has characters and a setting, but I don't think much other than that. And he just kind of digs and discovers where the story will go. And again, this isn't gospel truth. Everybody's different the way they want to write. I think with nonfiction, you definitely need more of an outline. It's just harder. Um, I, I've written non- nonfiction books without an outline, but I, I realize when I go back, I kind of outline it in. Um, 
but but dig that there's a story there there's there's you really don't know who these characters are they're fictional but they take on a, a life of their own um and become what the the story needs them to be sometimes you don't even know where the story is going to end or where it should end and yet you discover it and so as you kind of go you you discover and you dig and you find what it's supposed to be and what the themes are supposed to be and and where it's supposed to go i think that's that's great advice I mean, again, I think that's just part of the fun of writing is just discovering what it needs to be. I've written nonfiction books that I thought were going to be one theme and they ended up being something totally different. Um, and that's just kind of how it came out of me. And uh, it doesn't mean it was a bad book. It just it became a different book. Um, and I think that's the, the fun part. 16, take a break. You'll find reading your book over after a six-week layoff to be a strange, often exhilarating experience. Um, so take a break. So, um, after you, you, you write that, that piece, you kind of let it cool off. You know, you do some editing, um, is come back to it, um, and, and let it, let it cool off a little bit. Um, and again, I don't think six weeks, that's not a, a, a magic number, uh, but it needs to be sometime. Sometimes you don't have that. You have a hard deadline. And so it can only be a few days, a few weeks, maybe even a few hours. It just depends. Um, but, but separate yourself from it because sometimes you're so close to the story that it's just hard to get to be uh, objective with it. Um, and, and breaks are good. Um, again, I think part, part of a writing prolifically is to take breaks and be healthy as well. 17, leave out the boring parts, kill your darlings, kill your darlings, kill your darlings. Even when it breaks your egocentric little scribbler's heart, kill your darlings. Again, things that just don't need to be there. Things that don't help the story along, kill them cut them, knock them out, save them for later. Uh, I think kill your darns can be applied to a lot of things. I think someone quoted that and they use it maybe for adverbs, but kill those darlings. Again, the things that, that are boring, things that don't make sense, things that are just kind of there that don't push the story along, just get rid of them. Um, that's the hardest part because you've, you've labored over this thing for weeks and months and sometimes years and you just go, oh, I can't do that. And, and yet I, I find it just makes your, your writing that much better, that much stronger. 18, the research shouldn't overshadow the story. Remember that word back. That's where the research belongs as far in the background and the backstory as you can get it. No one likes reading a book that's full of research that really shows that you did a lot of research because that's boring as, as heck. Um, again, I know you're excited about the story. You're excited, you know, even nonfiction. You can get really excited about the things you're learning and you want to put it all in there. But um, it just makes for boring writing, slow, slower writing. It's not that interesting. Most people just don't care. And I find that, um, even books, again, I, I mean, I'm going to offend a lot of people, but there, there are a lot of, you know, thousand word, not a thousand word, thousand page detailed kind of Tom Clancy type stuff. I, I don't always enjoy those kinds of books. Um, uh, maybe I should. Um, but, but again, sometimes you get lost in the details of things and the research of things. And it makes it, it just kind of sounds pompous and you know trying to sound smart and all those kinds of things just tell a good story and don't let all the research get in the way of that um, sprinkle it in and you'll get better as you as you do as you write more often um, and i think research too can also be an excuse not to write um, you know i got to research i got to research i'm not ready um, again excuses 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 research enough to get you going you can you can fix stuff later you can ask questions later you can um, go back and, and, and check, uh, your information to make sure it's right. Um, but, but don't let research be 
the excuse. I've heard people taking a year to research a book and, and that's fine, but I hope you're writing something else as you're doing that. Um, so don't let the research take over the story. 19, you become a writer simply by reading and writing. You learn best by reading a lot and writing a lot. And most valuable lessons of all are the ones you teach yourself. Again, read and write. You're going to learn how to write by reading. You're going to read a lot and you're going to write a lot and you're going to write a lot and you're going to read a lot. Um, and again, I think there's a place too. just want to read for fun. You want to enjoy it. Um, you want to learn from it, but you also can, can use it to research and study and, um, and see how different authors, uh, write and how they put sentences together and stories together and, and all that. Um, but read and write, um, and you'll become a better writer. I promise. And then 20 writing is about getting happy. Writing isn't about making money, getting famous, getting dates, getting laid, or making friends. Writing is magic as much as water of life and any other creative art. The water is free, so drink. I think one of the things that Stephen King champions and promotes more than anything is writing is about the buzz, the joy of it, the happy of it. Um, and it really is that. Uh, he, he said that he, he made, he's made a lot of money. Obviously, he's made millions of dollars. Um, he says he's put his kids through college because of his writing. Um, he's moved out of a mobile home because of his writing. He's, you know, saved his, his life because of writing, um, and had opportunities because of his writing. But you can tell even today, I think he's maybe 70, close to 70 and he's, you know, written 70 books and, you know, a million short stories and all that is he does not write for the money. Uh, maybe in his, his, you know, you pin him in a corner, obviously money's not a bad byproduct, but you wouldn't be that prolific and you wouldn't keep going if it's just about money. I promise you that because a lot of people have made a lot of money writing, had that New York times bestseller, had a couple hits and they just disappeared um, because it wasn't about the joy and the buzz and the, and the happiness of writing. Writing is magic. It's this thing that we can't explain. We do it. We do it often. We don't know why we have these stories that we have to tell um, because we are humans and we have, stories to tell it's, it's born into us. It's ingrained in our souls. I believe you don't have to tell us to write. Um, you don't have to make us write. We just do it. Um, and I hope you do it because of the joy. I hope you do it because of the love. Um, and I think if you do and you find a way to do it because you just have to, and you enjoy it that much, you will write all kinds of things. You'll write all kinds of stories. And, and by the end of our lives, however long we have, uh, you're going to have a lot of work behind your name and it may be stuff only your friends or family read. It may be stuff that you only read, but when you love it and you do it and you do it fast, you do it often, you do it well and you, and you, and you just have a, a joy while doing it and, and you, you laugh and you cry and you, and you, and sometimes you wonder where in the world do these ideas come from? And when you're all done and you hit, publish and it's all edited and it's all clean and you hold it in your hand and you just go, wow, all the effort, all the time it's there. It's done. It's amazing. Uh, but I hope you do it for that reason. Um, and hopefully that comes through in, in this podcast is, is I don't want to have this idea that, that writing some kind of magic formula to, to get wealth and fame and money, because that's, there's a lot of other jobs to, to, to go and do. Um, but if you write for the love and you write for the passion and the happy and the joy, um, and, and you feel like you have something to share, something good with the world, uh, you'll write a lot. 
and you'll enjoy it. And it won't be this, this burden. It won't be this thing that that's just, oh, I just got to fit it in. And it'll be something that, that you make happen, uh, every day, every week, every month, every year, as long as we have breath. And so, uh, so, Hey, I hope you enjoyed these 20 tips from the master storyteller, Stephen King. I'll put the uh, article in the, the show notes. Uh, I hope you've been enjoying these first few episodes. I think we're on episode four, I believe. And, um, and I've been enjoying doing them, sharing what I'm learning along the way. Uh, please leave a review on Stitcher. We're on Stitcher now and also iTunes and uh, tell your friends. Uh, maybe you have some writer friends. Um, also go buy my stuff, uh, rockhousepublishing.com. You can find it all there. Um, but really that's not what this is. This is about, it's about helping us all write fast, write often and write well. And, uh, hopefully all the interviews that we have, and we have some great interviews. I keep saying, we're going to have some great interviews. We, we will, it's only December. Uh, but next year we have a bunch lined up and, uh, it's just hard around the holidays to get all those lined up, but I'm looking forward to interviewing a bunch of folks that are, that are doing the, doing the work, sharing the work and doing it fast, doing it often and doing it well. And uh, I'm excited to, to learn from them too. And, uh, so thanks for hanging around. Hope you guys have a great Christmas. If I don't talk to you before then, uh, leave a comment on the website. If you have any questions or topics or people you want me to interview, let me know. I'd love to, uh, see if I can set that up and work that out and, uh, and just continue to help you guys along the way and help, help myself as well. Uh, so have a good one and we will talk to you real soon. Thanks for stopping by the Prolific Writer Podcast. Please leave a review on iTunes so we can help more writers share their stories with the world. And head over to rockhousepublishing.com for books, resources and other writing and publishing tips. See you next time.